Welcome to the Rochester Rising podcast, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs in Rochester, Minnesota. Thank you for spending some time with us today to learn more about small business and the culture of entrepreneurship in Rochester. We hope that you learned something today from a local entrepreneur that can help you with your own journey. Rochester Rising is a part of Collider, a Rochester-based nonprofit that activates, connects, and empowers early-stage entrepreneurs in our community. You can learn more about Collider and how our organization can help accelerate and assist your journey at collider.mn. Today on the podcast, we chat with Nashana Johnson-Lenoir about her nonprofit organization journey, which helps provide life skills, personal development, mentorship, and community to at-risk teens. Let's get started. Welcome, Lashana. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we launch into the organization side of things, tell me a little bit about you. What are some of your hobbies and interests outside of work? It seems like I'm forever working, so um, that's easy. Just sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Spending time with my kids and my family and sleeping. Um, I do a lot of just researching history in my free time. I yeah. just have a thing for world history and um, nature, so that's kind of like my thing. So Sweet. That's awesome. And I like to read. Yeah, great. <laughs> have you been reading anything good lately? Um, I've been reading on the Akashic Records. Akashic, I might be saying that word wrong, but Akashic Records. Okay. Just kind of reading into that, and yeah. it's pretty interesting, so... That's cool. the latest read at the moment. Sweet. Well, what brought you to the Rochester area and what kind of keeps you here? Well, what brought me to Rochester originally was I was a Chicago, I'm a Chicago native. True. And um, I came to Rochester in the early parts of 2012. And around that time, the violence in Chicago was getting to be like really, really crazy at that sure. time. and. Um, I came to Rochester to get my kids into a safer environment and mm -hmm. into public schools because my children were attending um, Catholic school. Sure. And me and my mom were paying for it together, and my mom retired. And I did not want to put my kids in public school in Chicago. Sure. <laughs> so um, I came to visit my family. I have a dad and a couple of uncles and aunts here. Mm -hmm. And so we came to Rochester to visit. And I just remember how quiet it was. I didn't hear police sirens and ambulance. And so um, it was just a sense of peace for my mental health. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of yeah. the beginning of the journey. Yeah, Absolutely. Is there something about the Rochester community that made you want to start an organization here? Absolutely. Um, when I first got here, I noticed that there was a lack of black culture mm -hmm. here in Rochester, especially with the teenage black youth yeah. and other youth of color. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see very many um, leaders of color who were passing down some of those traditional um, or cultural ways of connecting with youth through um, performance mm -hmm. or through music or through dance um, mm -hmm. or through food or none of the cultural cultural traditions um, from the black community. I didn't see much of it. 
So sure. that's what inspired me to really try to reach the youth um, and teach them a bit about our culture and um, hope that that will help influence them um, to become leaders themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Has Rochester as a city or community presented any unique challenges to starting or opening your organization? Yes. Um, the earlier years, the earlier parts, because Journey's been around for about 10 years now. Oh, and awesome. we just celebrated our 10 years of service celebration. That's so exciting. Um, in September. And I remember that we had a really hard problem with just finding someone to show us the way to mm -hmm. do a nonprofit or because I was doing fundraisers and things like that with young people and then we'd raise funds, we'd make money, but then the first person that connected with me, it was because I had gotten in trouble because oh. <laughs> I had raised some funds um, that was over $500. Oh, sure. And I was so, you know, you can't do that. You have mm. to be a registered nonprofit organization mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. order to raise funds within the community. And so that's kind of what led me into sure. um, becoming fiscally sponsored because we were raising money to um, work with, with youth. Mm -hmm. And so I remember not having any mentors within a nonprofit community until I ran into the Diversity Council, uh, sure. D Sable at Diversity Council. And D kind of showed me the way from there. Um, and they became our fiscal sponsors. And I learned a lot. But the challenges that we faced were not having the proper resources to raise funds, no one to show us how it can be mm. done, no one to help us to make the connections. So the first five, six years were really, really hard, just mm. kind of figuring it out on my own. Right. And from there, um, I made a lot of noise. I'm kind of the type <laughs> where I get in a lot of good trouble. But I believe that a lot of the good trouble that I got in in the early parts of piecing together the journey program is what kind of led the way and set the groundwork for mm -hmm. a lot of the work that's being done now. Sure. Um, as far as the involvement with, you know, nonprofit organizations and people of color and um, making sure that they're making those connections. Mm -hmm. um, I really had to put myself out there to make that noise. I made a lot of frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> but um, from what I'm seeing with the work that's being done here at Collider and other places, it, it really looks like Rochester has um, did a somewhat of a 360 and they're, they're hearing the needs and they're mm -hmm. being a really, they're doing a really good job at providing um, those needs to organizations of color and those connections. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. What's kind of your background in worker education? And was there something in that that kind of led you to this point? Well, my background in work when it comes to youth has always been like I've been an activist, a community activist since I was a, a child growing mm -hmm. up in the foster care system. So I was kind of like the poster kid for my foster care organization called You Can. Sure. So I used to go to different high schools and talk to um, young young students. I was a part of, the, of a program called um, Hands Without Guns. Mm. This was when Chicago had first started getting like out of control with the violence. Sure. Um, so I used to speak at different high schools and I, I was in like sixth and seventh grade. 
Mm-hmm. I've always been outspoken. They called me Martin <laughs> Luther King's daughter in high school. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> um, but I've always been in activism. Mm-hmm. Um, I created an award called um, the YLA Award with my foster care agency called UCAN mm-hmm. um, when I was 11. Wow. And it today is their flagship um, award, and it sends five or so um, young people in their program to college mm. each year. That's very, very so, cool. So um, my background has always been in, like, foster care, working with youth. Mm-hmm. I did a bit of security work and worked in the medical field a little bit. I went to school for uh, CNA, phlebotomy. Sure. But then, you know, I was on a path to become a phlebotomist, and then I wanted to be a judge, and then I started a talk show. And so I, <laughs> I've been... I did a little bit of work in the music and entertainment business, mm-hmm. um, working with up-and-coming um, rap artists. Very cool. uh, Not just rap artists, but um, R&B, rap, hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love music. So that's how we did a lot of our fundraising with Journey, just having different events and mm-hmm. people would come to party. We always wanted to create a safe space for young people to be able to um, party, enjoy their friends mm-hmm. in a safe environment. So we put on um, events at the Mayo Civic Center, um, Jersey Joe's, mm-hmm. um, in the parks, all different places. And it was always performing artists, um, local performing artists. We wanted to also give them a platform for their music and their art. So in exchange, they'd, for our platform and our audience, they'd um, get headshots. And so I've done entertainment for a while because I love music. But I've been to school, never got a college degree. So all of my skills are just from learned experience. learn and lived experience yeah so I mean it's the most valuable thing is experience and it seems to be a common thread with people with a very entrepreneurial mindset is that they're very multi-talented and have a lot of experience-based knowledge which is awesome so what kind of started your passion for assisting young people and what led you to launch your nonprofit? um my passion for wanting to help young people came from me having such a traumatic childhood and that traumatic childhood made my adult life my earlier years of adult life a major struggle Mm. and somewhere around my 21st 22nd birthday I just realized I had hit rock bottom And I just sat back and thought about what if I had done this different? What if I had done that different? Well, what if someone would have just taught me or told Mm me um, that if I had done this, that this would happen? And I felt like um, I did not have the right influences in my life. And I just decided that there's a lot of young people that are making some really big mistakes Mm -hmm. and they don't realize how much it's going to impact their life when they get older. Sure. And growing up, I was born in the eighties. So talking about adult issues were forbidden Mm -hmm. around kids. We Mm -hmm. were told to always stay in our place. So everything that we learned was through experience and never Mm -hmm. taught. 
So I said, I want to change that narrative. I want to give them the tools, the resources, the real spill, the mm-hmm. bigger picture. Like, this is what it, it looks like to be a teen parent. This is what incarceration looks like, and this is how it's going to affect your life. Mm-hmm. The results of bullying and fighting is going to cause you to have a battery on your background. This is what a background is. You know, doing drugs, this is how it affects your memory, this is how it affects your body. These are the long-term effects. Mm-hmm. Unprotected sex, this is what it does, you know. And yeah. so giving them that information versus just saying, hey, don't do that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like nobody wants to hear that as a teenager. Don't do right. that. Well, right. why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was exactly. always why. So if you just tell me why I shouldn't do it, then maybe I would listen. So mm-hmm. I figure, you know, most parents or teachers or, you know, individuals that are fortunate enough to be in front of these young people every day, they don't really have that time to sit and go into depth about the why. Mm-hmm. So I wanted Journey to be an after-school program or a weekend program that would take the time and give them that why mm-hmm. within that eight-week time frame. What were some of the challenges or barriers you faced while first getting started with Journey? Um, no doubt financial issues um, were a big part. Mm-hmm. We'd raise the funds, but I spent a lot of money over the years out of my own pocket mm-hmm. to um, make sure that the kids would could eat. Mm-hmm. Um, transportation, getting them to and from, having a really from going from a really small car to making three and four trips to pick up kids uh, myself and maybe a friend that was helping mm-hmm. me out to purchasing a bigger truck so that I can fit more kids. Sure. Um, so I got a, a eight passenger car and I make two trips so that fit 16 kids sure. um, and then feeding them I'd feed them out of my own pocket as well or um, sometimes I didn't have food to feed them so that was like an issue so mm-hmm. definitely not having the proper finances to be able to obtain the material that I needed in order to do the different activities that we wanted to do not being able to really take the youth different places to show them different things, mm-hmm. um, not having the financial resources to pay speakers to come in, sure. not having um, a secured facility or a space mm-hmm. to um, like have a home office or um, just a place to meet with youth in general. Sure. And the earlier parts of the Journey program, collaboration was like, a a huge barrier Mm. first you've got to show that the program works you know um and it took us years of doing it to show the results that it worked and then once you can show that it works it's like okay will you work with us can Mm -hmm. we use your space um can you give us a grant I'm not college educated, but I just spent $300 on a grant writer. Can you approve my grant? Mm -hmm. So I've had a lot of doors closed on me, a lot of no's, but I've also had a whole lot of yeses, and I've Mm -hmm. also had a whole lot of help within the community. Um, We went from not having food to just being downtown to perform at U of M, and Mm -hmm. we were leaving, and I stopped at Pascal's um, to get a business card to ask um, about sponsorship for food, and mm-hmm. they literally invited us in and fed all the kids. 
That's amazing. Yeah. And and one of my photographers who volunteers, she, she just, um, and I really hate that I can't think of her. I want to plug her right now, but I can't, um, think, but if you go on the journey page, she tagged us. She's awesome. She used to work at, um, the steakhouse on the South end of town. Um, but anyways, she's a photographer, um, in the evening and she's like, um, I'll do your photography for free. That's awesome. And um, she's like, my job, I work as a waiter here, and she would donate gift cards from her Outback Steakhouse. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, 511, 507, 511 photography. But anyways, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been some great people within the community who um, really support us, and um, we appreciate them for that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever feel that being a female entrepreneur made it harder to start your organization? No, I don't think being a female entrepreneur, I think being a black entrepreneur sure. um, definitely mm-hmm. made it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of women entrepreneurs that yeah. are doing really great. So I don't think the... It's a lot of women domina- in dominating positions here. Look at our mayor. Yeah, you know? yeah um, absolutely. There's a lot of women, especially at Mayo Clinic, there's a lot of uh, female leaders Mm-hmm. I think um, being a black um, leader of a community organization and being a woman mm-hmm. makes it more difficult for me um, because there's obviously a few black male leaders um, mm-hmm. in the entrepreneur community, but um, being a, a, a black female mm-hmm. um, leader within the community definitely makes it harder for me. Sure, sure. So tell me a little bit about your client experience or kind of any kids that come in and interact with your organization. What should people expect when they're utilizing your services? Okay. So this is the part where I get excited. (laughs) (laughs) I love all the kids that we work with in Journey. Um, And they make me smile. That's why I'm smiling so big because... (laughs) I see my younger self in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Journey tend to work with a lot of at-risk youth, youth who um, are either in foster care, youth who have dropped out of school, or, or youth who are, like, suffering in school sure. um, academically, youth who have substance abuse or mental health disabilities, mm-hmm. um, runaways, things like that, or teen parents. Sure. And I see myself in so many of these young people and their characteristic traits <laughs> to most people, like the average human being would be like, oh, my God, this kid. And then I sit back and I look at them and I say, well, I wonder if the change is going to happen at the fourth week, the first week, <laughs> the eighth week, yeah. maybe not until later in life. But, you know, and that's how I see them. I see the potential in them when I first meet them. You know, mm-hmm. I can just, it's just a gift that was given to me. And the thing about it is if you really get to know them and know their story first mm-hmm. before prejudging them, mm-hmm. then that gives you the why. Yeah. And you'll better understand why they are like they are Mm -hmm. because of some of the things that they've been through or because of the lack of 
having the proper resources mm-hmm. or the proper influences around them. So uh, my client experience with young people, um, there's not a not a single kid that's been in the journey program that I'm not still in contact with till today. That's amazing. That's really cool. There's not one. Um, they all keep in contact with me or I keep in, to- keep in contact with them. Um, and we that's the great thing about the journey program. Once you're a part of journey, you're always a part of journey. You can mm-hmm. always reach back for different resources. And the hope is that once we grow our organization, we can have our membership coordinator to be able to keep tabs on the youth and be able to track their improvement Mm -hmm. and be able to um, continue to provide those different supports for them because they oftentimes work with like outside Mm -hmm. organizations or community programs where they need that additional person um, that know them to be able to advocate on their behalf. So we want to be that organization to do that for them. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you find most rewarding about your work with Journey? The most rewarding part about the work that I do at Journey for me personally is that it's a it's therapy for me. Mm. Um, I suffer from severe anxiety disorder, okay. and um, through all of the trauma that I've gone through in my past, I found that advocating to young people and giving them hearing their why and being mm. able to help them and provide them with the help that I wasn't able to get, it brings me pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't do it for myself. I do it for them. Right. But in in turn, it helps me internally to be able to know that um, there are young people who are like me who are not being forgotten about. Sure. And that's what helps, helps me because growing up, I was forgotten about. You know, I didn't have a lot of what we're giving to kids. So yeah. that that really helps me. So that's probably um, the most rewarding yeah. um, is being able to grow through your passion mm-hmm. internally. Yeah. And that's that's the awesome part for me. Absolutely. Do you have any big plans or dreams for the future for Journey? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um Rochester is a really small town, so oftentimes I do things with Journey or I'll say it publicly and then I'll see someone else do it. Oh, sure. (laughs) It's okay because it's all great ideas and we all need to work together. But um, as of right now, the plan is to run Journey as an after-school program for for, um, middle school and high school students. Mm -hmm. Every other month or each semester have a different group of students. Um, the goal is to have our program being ran in all four high schools. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and another goal is to open up the journey home. I grew up in group Mm -hmm. homes and foster homes my entire life. So Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be able to provide, um, a home Mm -hmm. for at risk youth who don't have anywhere to go. And, Growing up in foster care and growing up in group homes and group group home settings, and I was I'm a, I like to call myself sometimes a system baby, <laughs> and that's probably why I was, I'm able to achieve such success with my organization mm-hmm. without having that college experience because I had it 
as a lived experience. Mm -hmm. I was there. I know how it works and I know Mm -hmm. what worked, what didn't work. And so a lot of those systems um, that I came up through, I just put it together the way that I know would work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so um, the journey home, I want to provide construction um, opportunities to Mm. young youth high school students in my Mm. program. I want us to have house donated to us. Mm. A spirit told me somebody was going to donate us a house and that we're going to work with the construction companies to provide um, a program where they can get hands-on experience on how to build, how to Mm. paint, how to do drywall, how to install sinks and pipes and different things like that through a partnership with a construction company where we will build our own journey home. And that home will be a place where Olmstead County uh, Department of Children and Family Services can be able to um, send youth of color when Mm. there are no placements available for them versus sending them to like a shelter. Sure. You know, or a... um, detention facility because there's Mm -hmm. no placement or sending them outside of the county um, where there's another place with a lack of resources, which is not Mm -hmm. a better option for them. So the goal is to provide after school programming to our high schools Mm -hmm. um, as well as provide shelter in a way that has a system set up uh, where we're culturally competent and Mm -hmm. able to provide the services that they need so that, it produces um, profitable outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. What is a piece of advice that you would give to someone considering starting their own business or nonprofit? Well, I don't know much about starting a business, um, but as far as starting a nonprofit organization, um, we're fiscally sponsored. And so Journey's a part of um, not only the high school graduation network with Crave to Career, but we're a part of the nonprofit consortium mm. here in Rochester where we meet regularly um, with other nonprofit community leaders. And I was just giving some advice there where I said, you know, I'd advise people who want to start a nonprofit to get a fiscal sponsor first mm. so that you can get on your feet and learn the the business. Sure. Learn the community, build your resources, because trying to um, a lot of nonprofit organizations of color fail um, because that's the first thing they do. They go file their EIN without realizing the paperwork that mm-hmm. comes along with the taxes and just keeping up with all of that. And sure. if you're a person that's mission-driven, you want your focus to just be primarily on whatever the mission and the goal is of the organization. And you usually can't afford to hire um, an auditor, I'm sorry, um, a payroll person, a secretary, people to do your paperwork and mm. stuff like that, your administrative work. Um, so I'd say get a fiscal sponsor so that mm-hmm. you know that someone else is handling your finances when it comes sure. to auditing purposes um, so that you don't get in any legal trouble mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. you learn the ropes and until you can build um, connections and resources throughout the community or wherever it is that you're um, running your organization. And once you have some experience in a few years under your belt and you feel like you know mm-hmm. um 
the next steps and you've built a solid business plan and you have those resources and connections in place, um, as well as your monetary or your budget, your financial Mm -hmm, budget mm -hmm. in place, then you go at it. Sure, sure. I mean, but dream big. If you feel like, you know, you have the capacity and you already, some people have all of those resources already Mm -hmm. prior to filing an EIN. So if that's the case for you, then, you know, go for it. But for someone who just has this idea and this passion, I would not suggest going out and grabbing an EIN. I'd find a fiscal sponsor who um, aligns with the goals of your organization and Mm. partner with them and learn from them and allow them to be your business mentor until you can learn the game. Yeah. Great. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up today? Yes. I'd just like to say thank you to the community of Rochester for embracing the Journey Program and allowing us to be able to reach the youth that we've been able to reach over the past 10 years. Um, Thank you to everyone who's ever sat in a meeting with me (laughs) and has had to deal with my mental health instabilities (laughs) at times where my professionalism can just, you know, go left um, at times. And you still show me the same respect and, you know, um, grace. Mm. I just appreciate those people. I appreciate everyone who's donated, um, opened doors for us who has helped us in any way, I just want to say thank you very much. And even to those who haven't done anything but just simply acknowledged us, Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you. Um, I'd like to say lastly, we currently have a fundraiser. Um, We have a GoFundMe right now. Mm -hmm. Um, The goal is to raise $10,000 so that we can provide um, our Eight Steps to Promotion workshop to teenage youth here in Olmstead County starting this January. We have a lot of youth of color, especially African-American teenagers who are failing horribly, Mm -hmm. you know, in academics. And they really, really could benefit from having a program Mm -hmm. that they can connect with um, and people who they can connect with. Um, So, yeah, we're raising funds so that we can pay our team, have Mm -hmm. our resources, Mm -hmm. and do what we need to do to help the young people so that we can continue to uh, serve the community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will be sure to link that GoFundMe in our show notes so people can easily access that. And follow us. Um, our social media is at I Am Journey um, with an I E instead of an E Y. We're also on Facebook, just under Journey. Um, and we do have a new website. Okay, sweet. Shout out to my team over at Journey. We have uh, five new volunteers who have been helping me out to keep this organization going without them. Out of journey wouldn't even be here today so I just want to thank my team um I'd like to thank nerd butler Levi from nerd butler for um donating his time by helping the journey program um update our website um you guys go check it out at www.journeyproject.org um and that's all I've got thank you so much for having me today collider is awesome and has been a huge supporter of journey from the beginning so thank you thank you it was great hearing your story
Thanks so much to Nishana for sharing her story. You can learn more about Journey by clicking the link in our show notes. And thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We are so appreciative of your time spent listening and of your support of our work here at Collider. If you know an entrepreneur who would benefit from the conversation today, please share this podcast with them so that they can benefit from the experience of other business owners in the community. We launched Rochester Rising in 2016 to tell stories of entrepreneurship taking place within the city of Rochester, especially stories that otherwise would not have been told, and to take the time to understand each entrepreneur and what their experience has been like in this community. If you find value in this podcast, please consider donating and lending support to Collider's efforts to share the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs and inspire others on their journey. You can find more information about our tip jar and how to donate in our show notes. Thanks again for tuning into the Rochester Rising podcast.